This is Turn It Up, a podcast from the team at Kapia, celebrating community, the things that matter to them, and all the things in between. We have real conversations with real people about real issues. From food and housing security, social and economic participation, a stable and healthy environment, and inclusive design and planning. Australia produces approximately 74 million tonnes of waste per year, and we only recycle around 60%. The Victorian government has announced that all of Victoria's 79 local councils will be required to transition to a four-bin waste service by 2030. Here at Kapir, we've worked with a number of local councils, including Brimbank, Marybeck and the City of Monash. I'm joined today by Olivia Simon, Kapir's communications lead, who has worked on some of these projects and in her own right is a waste warrior. Hello, Olivia. How are you going? Hello, Matt. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. Really looking forward to this conversation. So who will we be talking to today? So today we're chatting with City of Monash Mayor Stuart James and Senior Sustainability Officer April Williams about their waste and recycling program and how to manage the issue of waste generation. Well, let's get them on the line. Okay. Hello, April. How are you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well. And Mayor Stuart James, what shall we call you? Ah, oh, Stuart's fine. Thanks, Matthew. Good to see you again after all those community consultation sessions that you so brilliantly facilitated. Indeed. No worries at all. Well, let's get started straight into it. So there's a lot that's changed in the waste space. I mean, ever since I can remember, we've always been changing our waste as Victorians and in Australia at large. I remember even incinerating waste in the backyard. That was my after-school duty, was to go burn the rubbish. And then we got curbside collection and then recycling. And now there's even a greater need for us to reduce waste disposed to landfill. What can you tell us about the latest changes in the city of Monash that are needed to respond to Victoria's looming waste crisis? Yeah, it's a good reflection, Matthew, on on perhaps where we've been. And I'd actually argue we're worse off now than we were when we were perhaps growing up. I remember collecting or running around a schoolyard and around the MCG collecting old cans and taking them down to the Cub Scouts and depositing them there. And we had a five-cent deposit screen, whatever it was at the time. You went down to the supermarket and, and those are old enough. Remember the old paper bags we used to put things in? Whereas now it was sort of got into a society where I think we're really unfortunately, moved away from perhaps what were the more sustainable options that we had. And I think there's been a big movement right across Australia since that recycling crisis, perhaps, that that hit us in 2018, 2019. So I think from a community perspective more broadly, there's been a a wake-up call to us. When we first introduced BOGO, we we had this discussion about should we change the bin collections? But we did some significant bin audits right across the municipality, and that found up to 73% of our waste that was going into landfill bins was organics waste. That's why we've made this change. April, as you inform the community about the changes in Monash, what were the most common responses, feedback or criticisms? When we started the community consultation, which was an eight-week period, we had a lot of residents 
contact us and they had quite a strong reaction to the announcement. Part of that was the council's decision to proceed with the changes and then ask the community for feedback on how that would affect them and how we could tailor the program to meet their needs rather than the other model of going out to ask for consultation first before the decision was made. But that was made because the councillors were very concerned about the environmental impacts of sending food waste to landfill and also closing landfills. And they wanted to have an authentic community consultation piece, knowing that they would still proceed with the decision. So in the first few weeks, we received a lot of feedback from residents, many of who potentially was the first time that they'd contacted council to talk about waste. They'd always seen the weekly rubbish bin or landfill bin as their right and it was a massive change for a lot of people. And so we took a lot of time and that that's everyone from the councils and the mayor all the way through to, to officers, customer service team and the sustainability team having really in-depth personal conversations one-to-one where we really listened to the concerns of, of residents and tried to find just one thing that we could help them to do to reduce the contents of their their waste bin. And so the education program and informing them about the changes in Monash, but also just recycling in general, what type of tools and methods did you use to educate the community? We've got an absolutely outstanding zero waste officer who introduced us to a common cause values framework that we use to communicate all of our education materials to residents and it's based on intrinsic values, values that everyone in the world shares regardless of their cultural background or where they live. So we have a suite of materials informed by that but then we also ask the community in our survey how would you like us to keep you informed and what do you need from us to make this change? So we heard from the community that they wanted a waste calendar, lots of information about how to use all three bins. A lot of people told us that they wanted compostable liners. And we also provided a support pack that included all of these things that people told us that they needed. So since then, are we about a year on now? How are they responding now? We are three months into the changes, since the change is happening, but we we are coming up to that anniversary from when we started community consultation. I think looking back, having the consultation in February, March, and then giving people a number of months before the change happened in August was a really great opportunity for people to digest the change, talk to their neighbours, talk to us, understand how it would work for them. Because what we've seen since the change is that our community has responded exceptionally well. In August was the first week of the change. We had around 15% of people putting out the wrong bin on the wrong week. We gave feedback in the form of tags on the bin to let them know it wasn't the landfill bin week. And by the second cycle of the collection, that dropped to only 2% of wrong bins out, which feedback from our collection contractor was that they hadn't seen anything like that before with other councils. So it was really promising. And and even from August on till now, the feedback we're receiving is positive and people have more logistical questions around you know, when does a bin go out? What can I put in this bin? And questions about upgrading or changing bin sizes. So we're very pleased with how it's gone so far. Yeah. And are you still seeing things put in the wrong bins? And if so, what what is the most common item? 
the biggest contamination item in the food and garden waste bin is soft plastic, whether that is someone buying a liner thinking that they're doing the right thing, but it's not an Australian standard compostable liner. Unfortunately, there's a lot of products available at the supermarket in the same space on the aisle shelf that's marketed as green or plant-based, but it's actually not acceptable. And then we are seeing some small amounts of rubbish entering to that food waste stream. So we've increased our feedback inspections. In October, we completed 6,000 inspections. Normally we do 1,000 a month. And we're really trying to provide that household level targeted feedback for people related only to what's in their bin. So we have a look in the bin and then we leave a tag and a flyer with more information. And when we come back to those households that have contamination, especially the ones using the wrong liners, we're finding excellent change in just one cycle and not seeing those liners again. With with the rubbish, it's a little bit harder. We need to do door knocks and have conversations with people about if they've got enough capacity. And often there's other complex issues going on at the house that you need to talk through. I reckon percent of the stuff going into my landfill bin was soft plastics. That was the biggest challenge for us. And I think that was the biggest thing, removing that from our landfill bin was the biggest way to divert waste. A lot of our community feedback has been, well, why don't you collect soft plastics and why don't you have drop-off points? And that was a question I raised. Why don't we have soft plastic drop-off points at our civic centres where people can come and drop it off? What we actually found out is that Red Cycle, which is the company that does it for Woolworths and, and Coles, has exclusive agreements with them. I think this is one of the challenges and circles back to the discussion we had when we, when we were talking before around the circular economy is we've created so much plastic now that we just don't have a use for it even if we could recycle it. So it, it, it's not so much about how do we recycle soft plastic, it's how to reduce that plastic from being in, in our circular economy, if you like, to begin with and what alternatives do we have to plastic. And that's why it's really great to see I'm not going to plug companies, but it's good to see some fast food outlets now changing over to paper straws, paper knives and forks, and that sort of stuff, and reducing the plastic in the first place. We've made those bags stronger, longer to break down, but it hasn't really changed people's ingrained behaviour. Interesting to go on Coles and Woolworths, and you stand at the checkouts, and 90% of the people there buy a fresh bag every single time. They don't bring their bags with them. So I think this is where we need to get away from it and say, no, no plastic bags. We're not giving you plastic bags. Go and buy your $1 cloth bags and bring them along. No supermarket should be supplying any bags whatsoever. As politicians and as leaders, it's about making the right call and about leaving a better planet. Okay, so one last question. Just looking at recycling around the world, we've seen Germany provide recycling for dead animals. Some parts of Japan, the villages are sorting waste into 45 categories. Should Australia be more ambitious with our types of programs? (laughs) Some of those are very interesting programs. I'd love to do a field trip to see them, but I personally would love to see us become more ambitious. But I do understand why these types of programs take time for the community to accept and to understand. We have to bring everyone along on the journey. That's businesses, residents. And so some of these more zero waste, ideal circular economy programs we hope to get to, but we need to step people through the journey to get to them. Okay, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to Turn It Up from the team at Kapia. Subscribe, follow us, or feel free to get in touch. Kapia.com.au.